Okay, Mark chapter 12. Tonight I want to talk about the eyes of the Lord. Woo, the eyes of the Lord. You know, sometimes when you think about the eyes of the Lord, you get a bit scared. You know, it's like your mum and dad watching you. I'm watching you. You know that sign that people go like this? <laughs> I'm watching you. And sometimes we get scared thinking that God is watching us because we think that he only sees the bad things that we do, yeah? Because we have that in our nature. But, you know, we need to think about God sees things differently to the way that people see. He, he sees things differently. And if we are in Mark chapter 12 right now, I want to read you a little passage of scripture here. It's a, just a little story about Jesus one day sitting with his disciples and they were watching the people giving their offering. Like tonight we put the offering in for the Lord, to give to the Lord. And Jesus was with his disciples because he was training them and teaching them how to be good ministers and how to see things differently. So in verse 41 it says, Now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury, and many who were rich put in much. And then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which make a quadrant. So that means it's a tiny Roman coin, okay, at the time. Verse 43. And so he called his disciples to him, and he said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they all put in out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. So now when the disciples were watching and Jesus was watching this, what did they see? Well, the disciples, the followers of Jesus, they saw this widow put in two small coins. One, two. And they would have thought, wow, that's not much. See, they were looking with their human eyes and they just thought, that's not a lot. But Jesus saw it in a whole different way. He knew something about her that they didn't know. He knew, because he was God, he knew that she was a widow. He knew that these other rich people put in a lot. But she put in, what did he say? She put in more than everybody else. Because they put in out of all that they had. This is abundance. They put in some. But she put in everything she had. He said... She put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. That means everything she had was just those two coins. So when the rich people put in, it probably didn't cost them much. But for her, it cost everything. So she gave what? With a whole heart. She gave with a whole heart. Now, why did she give? It doesn't tell us why she gave. Did she give because she had faith? We don't know. Did she give because she thought, oh, I've got nothing to lose. This is all I've got. There, throw it in. Is that what she thought? Maybe. 
We don't know. It doesn't tell us. Did she give out of obedience? If I give it, then I will be blessed. Who knows why she gave? But we don't know why she gave it. But God saw what was in her heart. He saw what was in her heart. See, Jesus had the eyes of the Lord. He had the eyes of God here on the earth. And he saw. You know, sometimes we see things the way we want to see them. And sometimes we want to be seen by others in a certain way. And some people spend their whole life worrying about, what are they going to think about me? Do I look okay? <laughs> Do I look good? Is my hair alright? We worry about what other people see instead of seeing the way that God sees. You know, we worry more about what people see and we forget what does God see? What does God see in our lives? I don't want you sit there feeling scared. Oh, no! I don't want you sitting there feeling bad. Oh, feeling guilty. I want this to be a very positive message. You know, before I became a Christian, I didn't become a Christian. I didn't become a Christian when I was 21. I didn't become a Christian until I was 34 years old. Okay? So, she was bad, but I was worse. Okay? I won't give you details. But there was times, and it was like, probably around this time, on a Sunday night, and I would be out at the pub. I would be drinking. And I'd already had plenty of smoke, marijuana. I'd had plenty. I was high as a kite. I was high. But even in the crowded room, with all the noise, with all the drinking people, sometimes it was just like I was the only one in the room and I could feel God looking at me. And there was one time I remember, <laughs> I remember it very clearly, even in the middle of all the crowd, I just said, stop looking at me. Stop looking at me. Because I could just feel God looking at me. And he wasn't looking at me going, you naughty girl. You bad person. Because how do I know? Because I would think after that, it's Sunday, I should be at church. It's Sunday, I should be at church. And I hadn't been to church for about 20 years probably. The last time I was about 14, I guess. Took me about 20 years for the Lord to just bring me in from out of that dark place. But I could feel God looking at me. The eyes of the Lord were on me. Not to crush me and make me feel bad, but because He was watching over me. He was protecting me. There were so many times that I should have been dead. You know, there were situations that I were in that were life-threatening, dangerous, dangerous situations. Dangerous people. But God was watching out for me, even when I wasn't serving Him. Even then. So let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 16. God looks at things and at people differently than we do. In the book of 1 Samuel, this is a uh, a short um, verse that tells you 
how God sees things, totally differently. And the prophet Samuel had gone to this family because God said, I want you to go to this family. There is one of the sons, and he's going to be the next king of Israel. Okay? And so Samuel went, and all the sons were lined up. They were strong warriors. They fought in the army. They were strong. Okay? Mature and strong. And handsome. Good looking. And so when Samuel comes to the first one, he looks at him and he thought, oh, he's the one. This handsome, strong young man, he must be the next king. But in verse 7, the Lord spoke to Samuel, the prophet. It says, the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Isn't that interesting? So basically the Lord said to Samuel, look, he's tall, he's strong, he's handsome, he looks like a king, but he's not the one that I have chosen. And of course, Samuel goes through all the seven sons, and the one who gets called is the youngest who's out in the fields as a shepherd. And he's the one, David was the one that God chose because God saw into the heart and David had a heart after God. So God sees into our hearts. He knows what's in there. He knows what's in there and he sees everything. Let's go to Psalm 33. There's a few little verses in Psalms here. These were written, the book of Psalms were written mainly by King David. Interesting. These Psalms or songs were written by King David. This is what he says about God seeing in the eyes of the Lord. In Psalm 33, verse 18, he says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. So David's saying the eyes of the Lord, God is watching everyone and everything, but he's especially looking out for those who fear him. Fear as in, oh, no. Fear of the Lord is having a holy respect or reverence for God. You are holy. You are awesome. You are mighty God. So it's not a fear as in fright, but fear as in reverence. So he's saying the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him and you hope in his mercy. If you're hoping and trusting God, God is watching out for you. He's watching out for those who fear him, who have faith in him. What to do? To deliver their soul. He didn't say deliver their body. He said to deliver their soul from death. What is the soul? Soul is our mind, our will, our emotions, our soul. We are spirit, soul, and body. One person, spirit, soul, and body. Okay? So those who fear the Lord, he's watching out to deliver our soul from death and keep us alive in famine. Isn't that wonderful? To give us life 
to give us life. Let's go over to the next one, Psalm 34, just across the page. Psalm 34 and verse 15. What else does it say? The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. Who are the righteous? Those who believe God. Those who are right with God. The righteous. Those who believe him. The righteous... Uh, the, ear, the ears, his ears are open to their cry. So not only are his eyes on us, but his ears are open to hear our cries. What does that mean? When we pray to the Lord, that's called crying out to the Lord, praying to the Lord. When we pray, he's not over watching over us with his eyes, but he's hearing our prayers with his ears. Verse 17. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears. And then what? He delivers them out of all their troubles. Have you ever had any trouble? Have you ever had any problems? Have you ever had any difficult situations in your life? God sees. God knows. And when we pray to him, he hears. And he will deliver us out of what does it say? All his troubles. Not some, but all his troubles. And we will have trouble in this world. We will have trouble in this world. We're not in heaven yet. We are on the earth. And there's a lot of bad things that happen. There's a lot of mean people. Okay? And so we've got a lot of things that we need to be delivered from. Over in Proverbs, the next book over is Proverbs. This was written by King David's son, Solomon. Okay? Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 3. What does that say about the eyes of the Lord? Verse 3 says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place. <laughs> every place, everywhere, watching everyone. You know, you or I, we can only watch one person at a time. I can only focus on one person. I might see others in my peripheral vision to the side, but I can only focus on one person or one thing. Okay? But God can focus on everyone and everything. That's almost too hard for us to even imagine. You know, right there where you're sitting, God can see you. God knows everything that's in your heart. He knows everything about your past. He knows everything about your present. And he knows everything about your future. Amazing. For our small human brain, that is <laughs> almost too difficult to even imagine. But that's how great and amazing God is. Verse 3. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil, the bad, on the evil and the good. You know, sometimes we think, oh, all this horrible stuff happens. God doesn't care. God's not watching. Sometimes we see things and we think, oh, these bad people get away with things. But there is a time when justice will come for all, because God is a righteous judge. He is watching out for the good 
and the bad. He sees everything, everything. Okay, so God is watching over individuals, but he's also watching over nations. Okay, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 11. He watches over individual people, but he also watches over nations. And he is especially watching over Israel. God loves every country, every nation. But there's a special place in the heart of God because he chose that to be his nation. He chose them, okay? In Deuteronomy chapter 11, in verse 12, this is what he says about Israel. And this is before the people of God had even gone into that land. This is what he says, verse 12. It's a land for which the Lord, your God, cares. He cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it. From the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. Isn't it good to know? That God is not only watching over us as individuals, but he's also watching over whatever he cares for. Even nations. And he cares about Israel. His eyes are on it. And he's watching over it all year round. All year round. So he cares about people. He cares about families. He cares about nations. What else does God care about? Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 9. 1 Kings chapter 9. God cares about his house. He cared about the temple. He cared about his church. He still does. I want you to show you here how important it is to actually come to the house of the Lord, to be in church. There's a special blessing that comes when you come to the house of the Lord, where God wants you to be. It says he sets the members in his body. There's, you, if you're here, then it's probably likely God has planted you here. If you go to the church down the road or across the city, that's where God has planted you. We need to know where God has planted us. In 1 Kings, in chapter 9 and verse 3, this is the Lord speaking to Solomon. And he's telling him how important it is to be at the house of the Lord. Verse 3. The Lord said to him, I've heard your prayer and your supplication that you have made before me. I have sanctified this house. In other words, I have set this house apart. This place is special. Yeah? This place is special. That's what he means. I have sanctified this house which you have built to put my name there forever. And my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. So this place that is dedicated to God where his people come and meet with him, his eyes are in that place. His heart is in that place. The eyes of God are in this place. The heart of God is in this place. And when we come through those doors, something special happens. You've come into the presence of God. 
His eyes are here, his heart is here. It's a special place set apart for you to meet with God and for us to meet with each other. It's very special. You can't describe it sometimes. We can't. It's one of those mysteries of God. But you know, even in the movies you see sometimes people who don't even know God, you know, bad people or fugitives, they run into the church. Have you seen it in movies sometimes? People run into the church because they feel it's a safe place. They feel that God is there. And that's what the Lord is saying. He's saying this is special and I'm here. And every time you come to the house of the Lord, something special can happen. He can open our eyes and he can open our hearts as well. We can have an encounter with God in his house. You know, there's a difference between seeing, like God sees all things. Okay, so there's an awareness. There's a difference between seeing and actually watching over. Sometimes it says God sees, but then other times it says God is watching over. Watching over is very protective. You know, some people just, you know, like your child. Cynthia, I will see your child, but you will watch over your child. There's a difference. There's a difference, okay? So let's go to Hebrews chapter 4, just a couple more scriptures. Hebrews chapter 4. What does it say in there? Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 13. Hebrews 4.13. It says this, There is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. So nothing is hidden from God. We can hide things from people. We can hide things from each other. We can hide things from our parents. Yeah? We can hide things. We can have secrets. But there's no secrets that we can hide from God. He sees absolutely everything. Nothing is hidden. But it says here, He is the one to whom we give an account. He's going to judge us. He's our judge. You know, people cannot judge us. Only God can. And what will he judge us on? The main thing he will judge us on, did we say yes or did we say no to his son Jesus? Did we accept or did we reject? That's what our future or eternity is based on, receiving or rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ. And God knows what's in our heart. Nobody, nothing can hide from him. But he's looking for us. Why? Because he cares. Because he cares. And I want to prove that in the last scripture, Second Chronicles chapter 16. Why is God looking for us? To punish us? No. In Second Chronicles, remember, 
He said, those who will seek for the Lord, those who will look for the Lord, those who care about the Lord, 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, says this, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. So there it is again. So the eyes of the Lord are everywhere. What is he doing? He's looking to help. He's looking to show strength. Who to? Those whose heart is loyal to him. Those whose heart is loyal to the Lord. He's looking to strengthen, to help, to support, to encourage us. He has good things for us. If our heart is turned towards him, then he is looking to bless us. He's not just looking at us. He's looking out for us to protect us. And he's watching out to bless us, to show us his strength, to show us his goodness, to show us his love and care. You know, sometimes we've, we've grown up with this fear of God that's unhealthy and we try and stay away and hide. But he can see us anyway. You know, when Adam and Eve, right at the very beginning, the first sin, when they sinned, the first thing they did was they hid from God. We can't hide from God. Did he say, come out, I know what you've done, you bad people? No, he said, Adam, where are you? He was looking for him. He's looking for us. He wants to bless us and show us his goodness. Amen? He's just, he just wants us to turn our hearts towards him. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just pray that we would be more aware of you than we are of other people. That we would care more about what you see and what you think than what other people see or think. Lord, we need to know how important we are to you. That you care about every little detail of our lives.